Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about the MCU, Marvel, and right now, WandaVision. We're talking episode five. Excuse me. Episode seven. seven. I don't know. It's very early right now. Breaking the fourth wall. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And very exciting. Big episode of WandaVision. As usual, spoiler warning. If you haven't watched it yet on Disney+, Plus, which maybe you did because it crashed for a good point this morning, uh, go away. Go watch the episode. We're going to be talking about all the big spoilers and Easter eggs and everything going on in here. Um, Plus, after credits. After, well, yeah, yeah. We got a mid-credits yeah. sequence this time. 100%. So don't they've been, turn it off. They've been keeping that spot open in the mid-credits, and it's about time we used it. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Usually, I turn off the episodes halfway through because I'm like, I'm done. Let's just move on. What? I've had enough. I have other things to do with my day. Let's go. But this time, I actually kept it on not just through the entire episode, but also through the credits, and I was pleasantly surprised. Pete, I appreciate, since we're on video now, that you're just sinking lower and lower in the camera. <laughs> uh, don't bring it here, asshole. All right? Wow. You don't want none of this. this these early mornings. I've seen too much behind the curtain today for you to fuck with me, man. <laughs> I was watching as you greased up your forehead, got the lighting all right, placed wow. your sex dolls in the background. I don't know what the fuck you're Those doing. Those are owls, Pete. All right, well, they're missing beaks. Yeah, Pete is I don't know what you're doing us. to them. I went down a nature hike with Pete once, and he was like, what are these fucking sex dolls doing hooting <laughs> up there in the trees? What's going yeah. on? Anyway, let's talk about this episode, The Broad Strokes. This is the mockumentary-style episode, a little bit of The Office, a little bit of The Modern Family going on. Uh, in case you uh, haven't picked up on what's been going on, Vision was... Left for dead pretty much at the end of the last episode after the hex expanded. This episode, we pick up with that. He teams up with Darcy to try to get back to the center of town and get back to Wanda. Meanwhile, Wanda's in a real funk having a me day. Yeah. And Uh. gives the kids over to Agnes, which leads to the big reveal at the end of the episode that it's been Agnes all along. So funny. So weird. Wait, I just want to... The last thing... Outside the hex, we got Monica and Jimmy trying to get back inside. We finally meet the aerospace engineer. Huge moment that we've all been oh, waiting for. God, I can't believe that. <laughs> and, what a character. But Monica reveal. does go back inside, does finally get powers, though we don't get to see the full range of them, confronts Wanda and ends up in some trouble of her own by the end of the episode. Pete, what did you want to say? What's going on? So with the title, Breaking the Fourth Wall, I got very excited because I was like, you know what famous Marvel character breaks the fourth wall all the time? Mm -hmm. Deadpool. So I was like, please, please give me Deadpool in this (laughs) weird world. Just a throwaway. Make him a clown in the background or something. I thought you were going to talk about Kool-Aid Man, the Marvel character who famously (laughs) famously breaks the fourth wall. Uh, he, that's he breaks any the first... living wall, a living room wall, not just any a fourth wall. wall. Any yeah. living wall. The walls are alive and the Kool-Aid man is coming for them. 
Because before we talk about specific moments, as we usually do at the beginning of episodes, uh, broad strokes, what'd you guys think? Uh, we're now at the end of here, two episodes from the end. We've got a big finale. We know who the villain is. Here's the big spoiler warning. It is Agnes, who is Agatha Harkness, who we suspected all along. So that's been pulled back. We don't have all the answers yet, but certainly we have a better understanding of what's going on here. So how how are you feeling about the series right now? I'm very excited. I feel like this is doing a great job of building momentum. You know, uh, first episode, not that exciting, but it's really been building since then. (laughs) And I've... I've been really into it. I've really impressed with how things are going. I cannot wait to watch the last two eps. This episode was weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of air in it. It felt very like, like especially the outside of the the uh, hex stuff. Like it was the scenes were like they're left. They weren't moving very quickly. And I thought, I thought that was interesting. I don't know what that means. My tooth just literally broke. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to put I, it in. I, I That's was, worse. That's worse. Yeah, don't Putting put it back it in. in is no, worse. it's good. It's perfect. Um, I'll explain Wait, this. You, later. Uh, this doesn't make much sense for an audio podcast. Can you quickly explain? For I broke a crown and it, okay. it's sliding out. I'm getting it fixed on Monday, but now I have this half. Okay, I won't talk about it anymore. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's great for audio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, what was I saying? The um, oh, there's so much. You're part clown. You were saying you're part clown. The hex just absorbed me. Um, Ah, there's so much air in the episode. I thought it was strange on the outside how the long the scenes were going uh, and stuff. I don't know why that was. That's interesting. I I had the opposite problem. I was okay with the stuff outside the hex. Inside the hex, I feel like they didn't quite nail the mockumentary tone, and I think part of that is. Wanda is depressed, so I get that. I think also it's clearly falling apart, as we see. That's the whole thing Wanda's dealing with. I know all about but that. But for the most part, this is no knock on her, but she's been fantastic so far. I don't think Elizabeth Olsen quite nailed the voice, and maybe that was a conscious oh. choice because Wanda is not really into the sitcom format anymore. But versus Paul Bettany, who did that very funny scene outside of the funnel cake truck, where he's kind of like scratching his ear, even though he doesn't have an ear, taking off the microphone. He got it. She didn't. Again, maybe a character choice, but it really felt like a lot of the structure of the jokes that have been hitting over the past couple of the episodes didn't quite work for me. At this uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and let you take down Olsen's acting choices. I thought she, the fact that she is playing unnerved heightens the tension of the scenes and mm-hmm. doesn't give it that just like, Hey, this is the office. Whoa. Hey, looking at the camera, having fun. Classic Shit is office. going down. Yeah. So I, hey, I, we're I, having a good time. I, I don't appreciate you uh, taking shots at her like that. Pete, very spicy when we do anything before dawn, it turns out. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I agree with you. It does feel like a conscious choice in that the the documentary sort of format for sitcom is the closest to reality. And then that makes Wanda the most uncomfortable because they're dealing with mm. this actual real stuff that's happening. So, um, yeah, I think it, I think it's intentional. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. Please, just leave it out. <laughs> Terrible. No, this whole catching his tooth as he's talking is just such a nice thing in the morning. Oh, right. I can't Very. tell you how. I, I just watched a whole episode of WandaVision where she went down to a horrible dungeon. This is the most horrifying thing. <laughs> Happy to uh, be here. 
but I think what we got here in terms of her grief and her depression and everything are really good. Like I was kind of indicating before, I think the horrifying moments are really good. Pete, I thought of you when Wanda went down to the basement. You had to be alone yeah. screaming, uh, don't go down into the basement. Yeah, why would you do that? Why would you Why oh, would you on. do that? You got to go down in the basement. No, yeah. you do not have to. You go. You fight her up here where she has no powers and secret charms. You fight her in the daylight. You don't go into the witch's secret room. That's where all her power is. I mean, that's fucking 101. Um, it's interesting to me, like, the end of the... I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about that now, but the way, like, we're getting the blend of... Uh, like, Agatha Harkness is a straight-up witch. Like, the right. the science of vision with the the magic of Agatha Harkness is a totally new sort of blending, I, I feel like. Justin, I think you're really missing an opportunity to whistle while you talk because, right. you know... You I don't know if the... you know, but no, no one wants to do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree with you. We talked about this a little last... A little bit the last episode, the fact that magic in the MCU is not strictly magic necessarily it's uh, science masquerading as magic and i'm sure that's the direction they could go in they also don't need to have somebody be like well you know magic is actually this thing at this point we're over a decade into the mcu just real quick were you doing the bunnies voice from the tv show like whose voice were you just doing yeah that was scratchy sir scratchy yeah okay that's his voice i'm a bunny I really hope next episode Bunny explains magic to us because I would well, love Bunny that. might be something. I mean, he's certainly something in the comics. We talked about this before, but Nick Scratch is Agatha Harkness's son. I think we're kind of jumping all over the place here, but I think we're probably going to discover that there are a couple of lieutenants, like we've speculated, that are working for her. Yes, I think Justin. maybe Quicksilver is Nick Scratch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, also, the mailman, the delivery man. He has, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but he has Presto written on his yes. name tag. So certainly he seems to be aware of what stuff is going on. I think we could write off, we were getting the name wrong, Herb, right? Not Hugh. Yeah. I think we were calling him Hugh. Uh, but yeah. Herb seems to have been spelled by Agatha. Mm-hmm. So he may not be quite as much a lieutenant as we thought. But I don't think she's doing this alone. I think she has people working for her. And Ralph definitely seems like someone. Mm-hmm who we're going to find out is perhaps a larger bad um, that may be uh, looking forward into the rest of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Well, who do you think, again, we should probably go back and talk about individual moments throughout the episode, but since we're here anyway, who do you think that could be? Do you think, given the big song and dance literal at the end of the episode, that yes, Agatha Harkness is the villain, that's what we're following, or is there another uber bad beyond that? And if so, who is it? I think there is. And what do we think? Like, Immortus um, is a possibility. Like, it feels like we could get into some of the weirder Doctor Strange villains. Yeah. Um, are the good crossover points here. Um, or some of the larger, like, Chaos, all those, like, big elemental uh, galactic figures. I don't know. Uh, the two that I've seen speculated about... One, everybody has mentioned Mephisto. That feels like a little bit of a reach to me to have yeah. a literal devil Plus figure. Plus a shitty choice. <laughs> you just don't like Mephisto. Damn right I don't. The one that I find way more intriguing and that makes a lot more sense to me is Nightmare, uh, who is a yeah. Marvel Comics villain, for those of you who don't know, who is the literal manifestation of nightmares, has battled Doctor Strange a ton of times, Spider-Man, absolutely everybody. And if we're going 
for a villain, this is a nightmare that she is living in, or she is trying to push it away and turn it into a dream. So that potentially makes a lot of sense to me. I thought of that too, but the only thing that I don't think it's nightmare is he doesn't seem powerful enough to really warrant um, a a cross uh, show across into the movie's mm-hmm. uh, character move. You know, like it he's could not be that big of a villain. Uh, to throw out another possibility, it could be like Loki and Avengers, right? He was working for Thanos. We don't get that Thanos reveal until later. So we don't get an uber bad in these last two episodes. It really is Agatha for the show, but Agatha is getting her power was working with or for somebody else, potentially nightmare. I'll throw out another piece of evidence for it. Uh, so the commercial, this episode, yeah, yeah. Nexus, Nexus, very like on the nose pointed to exactly what is going on. Now mm-hmm. we've had stuff throughout Wanda's past, We've speculated in terms of what's been going on with the commercials. This very much seems to be the present. But in terms of a nexus in the Marvel Universe, you got the nexus of all realities, which is where the man-thing lives and guards down in the Florida Everglades. Not in New Jersey, usually, but I think we can fudge it a little bit. And that's exactly what it sounds like. It's this doorway to the multiverse, knowing that we're going into the multiverse in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and also in Spider-Man 3, potentially. That certainly seems like a good indicator there. See, now don't. Now I'm all excited for Man-Thing, and when we don't get Man-Thing, I'm going to be pissed at you. I, I could see us getting Man-Thing. Yeah. No way, man. That's Give us Man-Thing. All the people are demanding. Don't go on Twitter. Man-Thing is trending right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) Pete, we just got Agatha Harkness, like the old lady witch from a couple (laughs) random comics. And you're like, Man-Thing's a bridge too far. (laughs) (laughs) Pete, you love that, though. Agatha's basically a granny, so you must be over the moon right now. All right. All right. That's weird. No, but I do. No, you love grannies. You talk about it constantly. Oh, my God. You love badass grandmother. I like badass people, and if it happens to be a grandma, that's even better, okay? Mm. But now, uh, yeah, I think this is kind of exciting. I'm not really familiar with Agnes too much. This would be fun to kind of have. I'm excited for this witch off that's going to be coming in the next two episodes. No, wait, I, I wanted to just to close the loop here on this nightmare conversation. The one thing that I wanted to throw out, Alex, is, this is a podcast, not a nightmare conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's the difference? This, I've had nightmares about this. So the nexus of all realities could there's another area of the Marvel universe. I don't think they're directly connected. Maybe they are in some comic and I'm forgetting, but there's a thing called the crossroads of reality that's played into a lot of different stories, particularly Dr. Strange stories. I think that's where it came from. And it was also a fantastic Hulk arc where he was stranded in the crossroad of realities and trying to find his happiness there. Absolutely fantastic. But I feel like they could kind of fudge the two together. And if I remember correctly, a lot of the crossroads of reality stuff was, at least led in some part to Nightmare. I remember him being part of some of those stories. He was always hanging out in there. Exactly. So I I can see it all connecting in some way. I think it does. I mean, the the crossroads and the nexus are even drawn very similarly. There's Mm -hmm. always just like random planets floating around. So I definitely think that's the case. We kind of got that when we saw the power lines and there was all these weird kind of lights and they went on forever. It kind of looked a little bit like that. No, that's Monica's powers developing. That was her point of view. So I don't think that's necessarily connected there. I did want to say, what do you think there's a book in one shot um, in Yeah, that's uh, kind of glowing. Yeah. Yeah. So 
one of the prominent books of the Marvel Universe is the Darkhold. So that's what I was thinking too, and that is a weird choice. It is I a very like. weird choice. They also, not for nothing, did the Darkhold on Agents of Shield. I don't know how much that matters necessarily. What, what, what show did you say? Agents of Shield. Oh, I'm sorry, NCIS. Oh, see, I think <laughs> a, a reference to an NCIS moment is probably matters more than a reference in Agents <laughs> of Shield. Oh, oh, poor show. Oh, come on. Poor show. Poor Colson and his team. Uh, come on. The other was great. The other thing that was interesting about that book, uh, which I'm sure you guys noticed, but it was crackling with red energy at the end, not the purple energy that Agnes, Agatha, I guess we can just straight up call her Agatha at this point, is showing off. So it seems like it's holding some of Wanda's energy or containing it or powered by Wanda's energy. I assume we're going to find out in next week's episode. Or that that's the conduit for Mm -hmm. all this extra energy that Wanda has, um, is what I was thinking. Um, I. I thought maybe just she accidentally dumped some like cold, uh, code red over it or something, you know, because it kind of has that weird glow after you do that. Of all the villains we named, though, Mephisto's sort of the most fun. And the it's most, true. when I'm like, if I want to uh, put an, an actor, a big A list actor into the Marvel Universe, Mephisto would be like <laughs> sort of the one to do, right? No. Red energy. I mean, this would be also very on the nose, but a couple of people have pointed out that apparently Al Pacino had a meeting with Marvel about a potential role. Uh, I don't know how much I want to see that. I've already seen Devil's see Advocate. I was the Devil's Advocate. Yeah. They just take scenes from Devil's Advocate and just drop them in randomly. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully my scene. That would be nice. I was in Devil's Advocate. I don't know if you guys know. Oh, right. Um, no, nope, that's not a what, joke. I really was in Devil's Advocate. You're yeah. in the background of a scene. It wasn't like... I was, I was... My forehead, my blurry forehead, which you already pointed out is very shiny, was featured. Yeah. They couldn't keep it out. <laughs> no wonder you shined up that forehead so Can much Can I tell you what morning? I did? So I was an it's extra in the trial scene, and I was sitting on the aisle, so to make sure they could catch me in camera, I kind of sat like this. That's you not bastard. what you're supposed to do. You value that's in the shot. That's not what you're it's supposed you can to do. see me do. right behind Keanu Reeves in one shot. Wow. Right behind Keanu Reeves. Huge. Alex's dream role. I was also supposed to be a reporter. Uh, they they picked me out, and then somebody, uh, one of the other actors was like, hey, are you SAG? I was like, no. And they're like, well, get out of here. Yep. So, that's too bad. I was yeah, in Mystic holy. River as an extra. Oh, wow. Maybe that'll tie into WandaVision as well. It has to tie into us a little bit. We've covered a lot of big cinema territory. <laughs> yes, the two most well-recognized pieces of cinema, Mystic River and Devil's Advocate. So can we talk about Catherine Hahn for a second? Because I thought she was oh, I great. Didn't, in I didn't know if you guys wanted to go over your resumes a little bit more before we moved on. Pete, you are even lower in the camera than you were before. I don't know how you're doing this. Yeah, it's because your guys' bullshit is slowly killing me and, and pushing me out of frame. Can we talk about Catherine Hahn? you got to love Catherine Hahn, Pete, just to lift your spirits a little bit. She was great yes. in this episode. She's always great. She's a lot of fun. She's been in a ton of stuff. I respect her work and her comedy. I mean, uh, it's very exciting. She got that big song at the end. I thought it was great. I, I feel like she's been killing it on this show. She got the big song. Everybody wants it. She does a really good job in this episode, I think, first of all, of hitting the comedy. Her Several of her lines made me laugh out loud. She's the one that I think almost of anybody on this show just gets the sitcom tone perfectly. 
but also her turns and her little notes of danger, particularly as oh, things yeah. go on with Billy and Tommy, with Wanda, obviously at the end, as you mentioned, Pete, her song at the end was fantastic and all the modes she plays there. She, she was great in this episode. Yeah. I mean, she can do all, everything we need from the character here. She's very funny. She's been funny throughout the whole series with this undertone of like, um, a little bit of menace or a little bit of like wink that we don't exactly know what it means. And then we get the full reveal here. I'm very excited for the fight that will come. What do you think now? Do we want to get into more speculation? The kids, um, well, hang Tommy. on. I, I just wanted to say Alex brought this up and I didn't want it to pass by. Like the line of like, you know, don't worry, she doesn't bite. And then the cutaway of like, I bit a kid once was just so funny. It's very funny. Really funny. That's great. Yeah. What happened to Billy and Tommy? Is that what you're getting towards? And I, I guess what what is Agatha's uh, role there? Uh, she clearly wants to control the kids. Uh, we talked a lot about in the past about maybe she lost her kids or kid, and maybe that, that's a Nick Scratch situation that we were mentioning. Because I think in the comics, Nick Scratch got pushed into another dimension at one point as a punishment. Um, for one of the things he was up to, so mm-hmm. maybe she had lost, uh, she lost him, and is taking the kids as a to fill that gap. I don't know. Right now, I was surprised at the end of the episode that it went so hard on. I'm a straight up witch villain. Like that's that's yeah. it. I'm cackling. I killed the dog. I killed Sparky. Oh I'm my god! The absolute worst because. <laughs> oh, don't me. die. Ah. Uh, like, like we talked about and like you're mentioning, Justin, with most of the MCU villains, there's some sort of actual motivation. They're not just straight up evil. That doesn't happen. So I feel like we're still going to get that. I will note this is not a big thing, but while I was frame by framing looking for Easter eggs in this episode, right at the beginning, there is a carton of milk that Wanda is holding and it's very blurry, but you can see there's a lost kid thing on there. Yeah. So I do you wonder if maybe there's something with that, potentially. I'm still kind of sticking with that theory. Well, when yeah, I, because there's the whole thing of, like, there were no kids, and then for Halloween it was all kids, and then the kind of kids went away. So, Well, I also think that, like, to put her uh, in that spot um, I, and make her be so obviously villainy feels like maybe there's a deeper reason for doing that, and there's another, we're going to get this other villain. Like, she's play-acting as well through this. Yeah, that's... Potentially uh, possible. Uh, The other thing, maybe I'm remembering this wrong because a lot of things happen in the comics, but I think what actually happened was Agatha used two pieces of the devil's soul, gave them to Wanda (coughs) to create Billy and Tommy so she could have kids. And then Master Pandemonium, who's this villain who's like, I don't, I honestly don't remember, but like minor devil character works for the devil or something like that comes back and then absorbs Billy and Tommy to start completing his soul and turns them into arms. And it's one of the most horrifying covers in comic book history. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, we could see something like that. Like you're saying, she's trying to resurrect somebody. She's trying to bring somebody at, back, something like that. What I was a little, uh, there was a moment where the uh, uh, douchey army guy was like, we launched today. And I thought there would be like some, kind of like attack, but that never really paid off in this app. I think we're going to get some sort of potentially like a two-part finale, right? Where we're getting Hayward is attacking 
Westview with everything at his disposal. Inside Westview, you got Wanda, you got Vision, you got Monica now with powers, protecting things and taking the fight to them. You also have the people who are loyal to Monica outside, potentially on her side. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Agnes and whatever is actually going on with her uh, causing this magic fight. So I think we're going to see this all-out brawl span out over the course of the next two episodes, potentially. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, Hayward's set up as, like, the villain, I think, uh, for the other side of it. And I think we're going to get everybody inside the Hex is going to have to fight Hayward, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you think Agnes potentially will team up with everybody? Uh, I don't know. There's, I think there's potential there. Uh, yeah, I think it, they might have to team up uh, for what's kind of coming at them. Uh, that could be interesting. Can well, we... and I, I, the the post credit scene or the mid credit scene where we have Monica discovering the base, Agnes's basement, like they're all going to be there. I can't imagine we're going to get that fight at the beginning of this next episode, and that's it. Like I feel like we need beginning of that fight. Hayward is the because Hayward's like the dumb villain that is clearly not sure. going to have bigger implications for the Marvel universe, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So then he gets defeated, and then they go deal with the larger stuff. Uh, potentially, I could see that. I could also see them skipping entirely and having next episode be called "Previously on" or something like that, and yeah. zooming back and showing how we actually got here and what's actually going on in the series before That's we get call. the blowout fight in the last episode. You love predicting the titles. I'm I always see, wrong. I feel it. Yeah. Consistently, I've got it at one. So far, I'm one for seven. Previous Eon's a pretty good guess if they do the the flashback. Yeah. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, Lots of other stuff going on, but I do want to jump back and uh, mention something that we kind of brushed by. The Pete mentioned is Monica getting her powers, what's going on with her, that amazing moment when she jams herself through the wall and we get all the voices from Captain Marvel. We get to see young Monica Rambeau as well. Yeah. I love this character. Uh, she's great. I'm so excited to see her go forward to the MCU. Yes. Yeah, really cool. The The establishment of her powers here I thought was great. Like the, the, the different color spectrum that we're seeing with all the different people here is really cool. And just the fact that her eyes went super blue and then we oh, slowly yeah. dial that up throughout the episode. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, that was very cool. We also didn't really talk about the Vision-Darcy team-up that happened this episode, (laughs) which was a lot of fun as well. Pete, you want to talk about that one? Yeah, it was really fun because um, we see Darcy, she's fully in her escape artist uh, kind of character, and then Vision kind of touches her and and snaps her out of it, and the first thing she said is, secretly I wanted to have a guest cameo, (laughs) but that really sucked. I, I really love that moment. And then the fun, like very slowly, them trying to get there uh, in the uh, you know the waffle truck um, was. I really thought this was a lot of sweet moments. And then her kind of catching Vision up, I thought was nice. We didn't hear the whole conversation, but since we saw the show, we don't you know we don't need everything. But the little parts that we saw it was nice to see kind of Vision coming to grips with everything that's kind of happened to him. And then uh, Darcy being like, you know, you two really do belong together. That's real love there. I thought that was very touching and nice. And really, we get to see just how sad the story is, like the tragic fall of Vision and how he doesn't even know about it. And to hear it from an outside source, I thought really hit all the emotional moments. And I don't want to harp on this too much, but a little bit of a correction, Pete. And I can't believe you got this wrong of all people. But it wasn't a waffle truck. It was a funnel cake truck called Funnel of Love. Oh, Pete. 
That's okay. Where are Food, you, dude? you're number one. <laughs> Cars, you're number two. Wrong on all counts. See, I was I was too focused on getting the other details right. <laughs> um, your notes. Your note yeah. is just a big funnel cake, though, right? It's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah, it's just I'm slowly eating. I wish, man. Um, yeah, before you start busting my balls, I felt like there was another. Oh, yeah, when Vision was trying to convince her uh, when she was kind of in character, it was really funny and sweet, too. He was like, no, no, we had a moment, you know, before this whole circus thing happened. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm i glad we got to get, see some fun circus stuff. It was also cool to see Darcy knock down the strong man. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not uh, so strong. A couple of so notes uh, that I jotted down, and you guys jump in, obviously, at any point. But as I was, Oh, thanks co- for giving me the okay to do that. No problem, Pete. Sometimes you just sit there and raise your hand. That's why I'm saying. Oh, okay. But uh, other things, as I was kind of looking through for Easter eggs, I don't think there were actually a ton this episode, which was surprising. But at the beginning scene, the bedspread was hexagons that uh, Wanda was under, so that was pretty fun. Um, also, I looked at everything that was going on on the TV, and the answer is pretty much nothing. The weather was going from the 40s to the 60s or 70s, which is pretty far Perfect range. Perfect weather. But, I mean, the weather is the ultimate Easter egg, let's be honest, mm-hmm. right? In any show, I'm like, is it going to rain? Uh, the office opening, that was pretty much straight up, yeah. though uh, I think everybody noticed this. It was all Wanda up until the end, but it was called WandaVision, but created by Wanda Maximoff. I thought that was a mm-hmm. nice detail. Uh, also, uh, Darcy being the escape artist, based on the fact that she was handcuffed to the truck in the last episode, that's what she got changed to. thought that was a fun detail. The stork was back briefly as everything was starting oh, to break yeah. down. Pete, Storkwatch. Who's on Storkwatch? Pete's on Storkwatch. Yeah, that was kind of crazy, but I wanted more Stork for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we all do. You know, no, yeah. no one wants more Stork. Uh, the, the fact that it was in here for that, I was like, enough Stork. Did we? Did I imagine this, or at one point did somebody speculate that the Stork is maybe with Fisto? Uh, I think you said that on a previous podcast, but oh, let no. me say, when the Stork appeared and vanished in a, a cloud of red smoke, I was like, it is weird. And also the fact that if the, we're saying the stork delivered the children, the souls would come from somewhere. Could you imagine if in the last episode of the show, the stork is like, I'm the real villain here. Oh and bursts into Al Pacino. I, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I agree it's weird, but also it's weird that there's red smoke there. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are weird moments around the stork and the fact that the stork is such a thing. Like we don't need the, all this stork. So why do we keep seeing it? So here's the thing about that that I felt like with this episode, which we kind of brushed over a little bit, but there was so much speculation about who the aerospace engineer was that Monica was contacting. And ultimately, it ended up being this character called Major Goodner, who is still loyal to Monica's mom, played by an actress named Rachel Thompson. And that's it. She's not from the comics. She hasn't previously appeared in the MCU or anything like that. It's just a random army person from S.W.O.R.D. who is loyal to Monica. Maybe we'll see more of her going forward as Monica or continues. maybe she's actually the stork. Oh, man. Maybe she or, is. Al- or another bird. Here's she's the thing. Another- Al Pacino is one of the greatest actors of all time. He could be Major Goodner. He could pull that off. Yeah. I think he's, if you look at the stork, it, it has a lot of Al Pacino's features. Mm-hmm. And you can barely hear it going, Hoo-ah. If you listen. <laughs> if you really listen. You I, listen. Yeah. yeah. 
but uh, that kind of points to me that in the best way, everybody is analyzing every single piece of the show and pulling it apart and looking for clues and trying to figure out what's going on. But sometimes it's just uh, it's just a thing. Like, it's just a piece of the plot. Not everything is a clue to something. Sometimes just a stork is just a stork, is what mm-hmm. you're saying. Exactly. Um, I, I agree with you. Um, Major Goodner, maybe that's a huge new character for the MCU. Uh, sounds like a good guy uh, when you think about it. It's not um, Major Badner. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was definitely not on the Mephisto train at all. But I do think of all the villains we've talked about, that's the one with the sort of the most intrigue, I think. Um, and oh. I don't think Mephisto is going to be the villain who's like, Haha, it's me in the last episode they have to fight. But I do think a post-credit sequence where Agatha reports back to Mephisto makes a lot of sense. No, no, Mephisto's not that. Don't don't bolster up Mephisto. He's a side bullshit character that they use to recon shit. I'll throw out another possible villain to you guys. Uh, Just this is based on this episode. But when Wanda goes over to the house and sees Tommy and Billy missing, there's a brief snippet of an actual TV show, which is Yo Gabba Gabba, yeah. which is a fantastic mm. show that unfortunately is streaming nowhere. But that indicated to me, to anybody who's seen Yo Gabba Gabba, what if it's DJ Lance Rock, the guy who hosts Yo Gabba Gabba? Like, you don't see him in that shot, and that's a little weird to me. Wow, interesting. Why and do we should... you guys, why can't you just accept what the show told you and it's Agnes. Stop looking deeper. That's it. It's Agnes. She's doing it all. She clearly said that. I yeah, think I, it might be Stiltman. Oh, my God. Yeah. You got to look deeper. I think it's um, Optimus Prime. From <laughs> like, he's been wanting to go bad. Think about it. We see a lot of trucks in this episode. That's true. Obviously, the, the funnel cake truck. Yeah. And here's the thing. They're robots in disguise, so you're not going to see them. You're not going to see them first. Um, I, because here's the thing, Pete. I don't know if you know, um, a lot of the stuff in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is actually based on comic books, um, which is an ongoing sort of medium where um, a lot of times they set up the next story within the confines of the story that you're being, that's being told. Whoa. This is really interesting. Somebody yeah. should yeah. do some sort of a Marvel podcast. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Oh, oh to talk boo, about it. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Let me be honest. Um, I've got, I don't have much going on in my end of the world, so I'm happy to jump in. <laughs> oh my God. I, I like how you say that when you've got a dog and a couple of kids running around. I think that's Your beautiful. teeth are falling out. <laughs> yeah, your teeth are, it looks like you good. have an open lesion on your hand. I don't know Life's what's going good. on with you. That's good. I'm just, I get up early and record podcasts. Uh, okay, I've just, made all the right choices. So I just want to, you guys... Also agree with me, though, that it's a horrible idea to go into the creepy basement, right? Like, why would you why would you do that? Uh, my sense of that moment is that's what she has to do. She can't do anything else. She's scared for her kids. She realizes something is wrong. Take on Ag- Agatha right there. Like, don't go into her trap. She doesn't know that it's Agatha. She thinks it's her friend Agnes. And I think Agnes is at the point where she is revealing herself to Wanda, right? So if anything, you could probably posit that it's Agnes's influence that is sending Wanda down there, giving her this need to go down to the basement and explore things. But it was great. Let me, was let me great throw moment. this out to you, Pete. If you're watching a horror movie, right. which I know you don't love, mm-hmm. the character's about to open the basement door to go in the basement, and then they don't, 
And right. Go back and go to sleep, and that then you just watch the character sleep See, for the next twenty minutes. That's why I've lived my whole life and haven't had a horror story moment because mm-hmm. I won't. If I hear something, I'm not going to go go investigate. Are you fucking out of your mind? Well, that's I why your base, That's why your basement's flooded several times because you hear a noise. I don't down there care. And yeah, I don't too. care. <laughs> I hear cries from help sometimes from my basement. I'm not going to go down there. Um. But so you would be happy with a, a horror movie that just was the last. I would stand up and applaud if a horror movie was 10 minutes long. Hey, you guys want to go to that abandoned sleepaway camp and have sex? No. <laughs> credits. Let's have credits rolling. Let's have sex right here. And then you're watching pornography, Pete. I hope you're happy. <laughs> Don't say that next to your child. <laughs> it's fine. Before we start to wrap up here, though, any other moments from the episode either of you guys want to call out? Yeah, let's. I was. They kind of. Uh, they said Thank like, you. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, they're not going to have uh, Quicksilver in the whole episode, and then really, this Snoopers got a Snoop line was really nice. Yeah, it's great. Fun to have him around. It also seems we didn't really talk about this, but Paul Bettany had a quote where he said, "The actor that he has always wanted to work with but never worked with." who is some sort of secret cameo or part on the show, is not Evan Peters. So there's still somebody else who's going to show up at some point. I don't know who I necessarily mean, that is. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's a big, that's yeah. a big reveal. Uh, I, I can't believe I've gone all the way through the looking glass on the Mephisto thing. But I think I'm back on a, a last episode Mephisto reveal. Al Pacino no. is the stork. There you go. Al That's Pacino's our number the one story. theory that we all agree on. on no, this we all agreed on that. We've <laughs> yes. all said it. We've all said it in different ways. <laughs> nope. Um, I think uh, I think we touched on everything. Like I said, this episode was sort of very direct with what was with its storytelling. Um, the the sort of final payoff of all of the sitcom tropes um, being this. Uh, I thought. Was it was the least fun version of it, and maybe, like we said, maybe that's purposeful. Um, I did think the Agatha being the documentary team, sort of filming the Modern Family podcast. I thought that was a good little hit there at the end. That was great. That whole Agatha all along sequence was fantastic. That was the highlight yeah. of the episode for me. Before we wrap up here, what's on your vision board for the next episode, Pete? You want to go first with this one? Um. Well. Uh, on my vision board is just says no Mephisto ever, <laughs> never again. Don't ever put us through that again, ever. Marvel, you. Most people don't know what you're talking wow. about, but let's go yeah. on. Uh, Justin, also, you, you, <laughs> you're talking really about an event that there. happened at this point probably 15 years ago. Justin, I don't care. I don't want it again, <laughs> ever. Justin, over to you. Uh, What's on your vision board? I mean, I got to say to uh, your your call for a previously on episode that establishes everything, I think would be very fun. Don't yeah. feed his ego, please. No. Well, no, I just mean like we do have to get this backstory at some point, And we've revealed Agatha as uh, Agnes, uh, Agnes slash Agatha as the villain. We have to hear that story, um, whether it's a short sequence or the full, a full flashback episode. Yeah, uh, that was kind of mine as well. But uh, given you took that one, I'm going to go with I want to <laughs> hear a stork say hua. No. Um, yeah, sorry to take uh, Rob no, you of your, okay. your thunder there. But I also think um, we are going to get everybody working together to fight some sort of series of vision uh, clone bots that Hayward has made. Mm. Oh, good call there. I like that. 
And I like all of you, particularly if you support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about WandaVision, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Socially, Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. Keep your teeth in. Keep your mouth closed when you're sledding. And if you're a dentist, call me. 